We shall be reading from the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verses 13 to 14, 19 to 22, and verse 24. Do not hold back discipline from the child. Although you strike him with the rod, he will not die. You shall strike him with the rod and rescue his soul from Sheol. Listen, my son, and be wise, and direct your heart in the way. Do not be with heavy drinkers of wine or with gluttonous eaters of meat. For the heavy drinker and the glutton will come to poverty and drowsiness with clothed one with rags. Listen to your father who begot, who, who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who sires a wise son will be glad in him. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. Before we go to the sermon, we will have a short prayer. Let us pray. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the strength to wake up and to come here. We thank you for sparing us from the virus, and we pray that you continue to spare us and our loved ones, our church community as well. And we pray, Father, that, Lord, you would bless us in protection from this disease and all other diseases. Lord, we pray for the Philippines, thy will be done. We pray for our president, guide him and lead him. We pray for salvation to be upon his soul. We pray for our vice president as well. We pray for salvation and guidance. Lord, thy will be done over this nation. We pray that you guide those who lead the battle against coronavirus, the Department of Health, the DILG to maintain order. Lord, we also pray for the private sector, including the public ones especially, where there are many medical professionals risking their lives, including those our own, those who belong to our church community. We pray, O oh Lord, stretch your hand and protect them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we also pray and ask for, for your healing upon those who have contracted the virus and those who are sick with other diseases or those with complications. Lord, I come lifting up to you my mother who will go under an operation on Tuesday. We thank you that in all other things she is in good health except for this uh, cyst and myoma that needs to be removed. Yet we pray, Lord, we come humbly before you, seeking that you would guide the hands of the medical professionals and wisdom upon them. Thank you for the peace you have given my parents, trusting in you, believing in you, knowing that you are in control. Father in heaven, we praise you. And Lord, we pray for the healing of all that we know. Most especially, Lord, we pray for spiritual healing to those whose souls are marred by sin. We pray that they would come, we would come humbly before you to seek your forgiveness, that we may receive healing from your throne through repentance, through faith. And we thank you for the healing. Oh Lord, guide us to share your word, to preach your word to others, that we may extend Lord, your kingdom, and we pray that those whom we love would come and listen to your word and receive your word through repentance and faith. And those who have opened the doors for us to minister to and to share, first we pray that our words would be pure, that we may preach the pure gospel of Christ, not tradition, not human tradition, not even evangelical tradition, but what your word says. Lord, we also pray that, that you guide us in the way we engage them, in the way we live, Lord. We pray that the way, in the way we live, they would see the gospel 
in the way we preach, they would understand the gospel. Lord, we thank you. And Lord, I pray, I pray, Lord, in the midst of this uh, transitions that we are experiencing, may we grow spiritually in you. Give us understanding in your word. Teach us to be established and strong. Not what people says, but what your word says. Not even what our emotions say, but what your word says. Not the influences of other people, but what your word says. I pray that we will all be grounded. Lord, to those who are suffering um, financially, those who have lost work, and those who have enterprises who have slowed down, Lord, we pray bless your people that revive our income, that we may give for your glory, that we may provide well for our families, that we may pay all our obligations that we may have a good name on earth, that we may glorify you, for you are the one who provides. Yet give us wisdom to manage our finances. Give us wisdom to manage our time. May everything we do glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Every time it's Father's Day and Mother's Day, I always have this weird feeling when people who are not my children greet me Father's Day. I, I thought, isn't it just me greeting my father and we celebrating his fatherhood and my children greeting me? However, it's become a tradition that in Mother's Day, as in Father's Day, as if it's everyone's birthday. So we greet one another I greet you out of tradition, but you are not my father, fellow fathers. Happy Father's Day. May we, you enjoy this day, and then may you enjoy your family. Wisdom for fathers and sons, that shall be our discussion today. We look at the book of Proverbs, and uh, during this Father's Day Sunday, we shall seek the wisdom of Scripture. We shall discuss selected Proverbs. Uh, found in chapter 23. Our message is both for fathers and their children. So children who will be fathers, daughters, listen as well. The message is both for you and your fathers. Uh, for the mothers, of course, enjoy the ride and listen and pray that your husbands will be good fathers. And, and if they are have no father, I pray that you will be a good father as well. Of course, symbolically speaking, figuratively speaking. May the Lord grant us wisdom to be the fathers and the children that God wants us to be. Not the way we want to be, but the way God wants it to be. One thing we should remove is human wisdom. I believe in looking at scripture first, the wisdom of scripture. So please stop any notion of thinking because this was how I was raised, that's how I'm going to raise my children. Can you remove that BS from your mind? Forgive me for saying that, and I don't mean Bible study. Uh, get that out of your mind and look at scripture. What does scripture say to us? Not what our experience says to us. And I have a problem with that, with, even with those who teach God's word, either, even in the Bible study or in preaching. Some of them preach more on their personal experience. I always warn my fellow preachers here, we warn one another that our experience can be a little bit of the sermon only because we are not preaching ourselves. We are preaching the word of God and we must represent the word of God, the accuracy of the word rather than based on my experience. I'm not saying your experience has no value. It has value, but your experience and the Word of God, my experience compared to the Word of God, my experience means nothing compared to the Word of God. But if my life affirms the Word, then I can share that. But not sharing myself, not putting myself ahead of the Word of God, not putting myself ahead of God or Christ, but putting the Word of God ahead of us. Let's look at verses 13 and 14. Do not hold back discipline from the child. Although you strike him with a rod, he will not die. 
you shall strike him with a rod and rescue his soul from Sheol. Sheol is a dark place. That's all we know in the definition. It's a dark, gloomy place. You will save him from a dark and gloomy place. If you try to use Sheol as a symbolism for what is on earth, it, it could be depression, deep depression. Or if you spiritualize it so much, it could mean the place of the dead, where the dead souls go. So looking at this, this piece of wisdom, this nugget of wisdom, I mean, it says, verse 13, it says, do not hold back. Meaning if you are not giving discipline to your children, you are holding back. Of course, the scripture guidance in discipline is you do it out of love. You can see that in the book of Hebrews, that those whom God loves, he disciplines. That's a, a clear guidance for earthly fathers that we must discipline out of what? Out of our love for our children, because you cannot allow wrong to continue, because if a bad habit a bad way of speaking, a bad attitude continues, you are concerned of the cause and effect. Cause and effect, what we do ripples. In circumstances, what you sow, you shall reap. If they keep doing this to others, for example, if your kid offends so many people, you have to somehow speak to them and discuss with them how that is not good. Now, uh, wisdom expects the father to discipline his children with the rod. What's the rod? Pamalo. Okay? Now, there, there are a lot of uh, sharings among Christian fathers and Christian leaders. And one best advice I got was make the rod special. Now, this only applies to kids, all right? Little kids who may not be as rational in their thinking, but very emotional in their thinking. The rod is a piece of wood, maybe, or something that is hard. It's a rod. It should be a rod. And uh, one wisdom I got from a, a Christian teacher is, avoid using your belt because you wear it. Avoid anything in your body. And I have made that mistake before. Avoid using your slippers. It's a good thing when they were still kids, I was renewed in my perspective. So we bought a rod. And uh, you know what? Christian bookstores actually sell these things in different sizes. Different sizes. Uh, and we gave the name Spanky to the rod. So when they were small, we have this spanky. It's, it's hung somewhere in the house. So if they did something wrong, I have to explain. Now you have to get spanky. So the, the mere act of picking it up is already suffering. And then just picking it up, it was so slow, very slow when my children were small. Very slow, and sometimes they would not come back. And spanky would even disappear. But of course, I have a way to find out. And then, you know, always carry an extra spare, right? Uh, because they will begin to not like spanky. However, if you're wearing what you use for discipline, they will be afraid. They see the belt on you. They see your slippers. You use your hand, it's so attached to you. The mind of a kid will fear you instead of fear wrong. Now, uh, the rod it can be both literal and symbolic. Literal when they are very young and symbolic as they grow. Again, the important thing is discipline. And one of the things this generation is losing is that there's no discipline to sleep, no discipline to structure their schedule. They get hung up with something emotional connected to their phones, either a game or somebody they're chatting with. And there is just no stop in which we know if they keep losing sleep, they're actually killing themselves, and they don't know it yet, but it will show up 10, 20 years from now. Not now, because they're still strong. But the effect of that comes out later. Lack of sleep is always not good. So you cannot use a rod when they're growing teenagers. That is kind of insulting already. You've missed your chance to use the rod. It's now dialogue and it becomes symbolic. So as they were growing, and a lot of you fathers are doing this, for the sake of discipline, you have an agreement at home that uh, you, they will surrender their gadgets if they totally have no 
discipline. But somehow, sometimes, you have to, one way of discipline is allowing them to do their foolishness and they reap the consequences. Some fathers actually do that. And sometimes that is the rod. Again, it takes wisdom on a case-to-case basis. Now, the strike must not be one that kills. So we do not strike with our anger. Just enough to inflict the pain, some pain. The father must associate pain and wrong in the mind of the child. Pain and wrong must go together. Yet wisdom does not tell fathers to discipline with anger, only with the rod. Please take note. Do not discipline with anger, only discipline with the rod. And this goes for mothers as well. Please control your anger. Why? Sometimes fathers discipline their children not because they saw something wrong, but because they were fed up. Okay? They were fed up. Napuno na, saka galit na, saka nagdisiplina. So what will the child think? The boundary is your anger. As long as you're not angry, I will continue to do what I want to do until you become angry, and then I will stop. But if you are not angry, you saw something wrong done, then you do the discipline, then they associate, Daddy doesn't have to be angry. If I do this, then the connection is the pain. Now, let me just share this. Please do not use the rod if it is childish irresponsibility. There are two things, and please do not forget this. There's childish irresponsibility, and there's willful defiance. Willful defiance of your order must be disciplined. Childish irresponsibility, oops, they forgot. But if they keep forgetting, you know it's intentional already. If they forgot once in a while, that's usually childish irresponsibility. We adults forget things as well. So we know, well, it's not childish irresponsibility, it's adult irresponsibility. Uh, Well, sometimes we are like that, unintentional. But willful defiance is intentional. And that heart of rebellion must be disciplined. If you let it go, what will happen? You will grow a rebel. And if, while they were kids, you always give in. Kasi gusto ng hatok, gumugulong-gulong sa grocery. You do not discipline. What will happen? One day, if you do not give what they want, they will hate you for it because you have not taught them early. The boundary must be set early. I was talking to a father once and I saw some behavior that I did not like with this child. And you know, here, we we are a community that grows our our children. So we exchange notes and uh, I don't go directly to small kids, I speak to the fathers. And I said, "Uh, there's some behavior that is disturbing, so how do you discipline your kid? Because he thinks the rod is evil, pagpapalo ay masama. Masama lang yan pag sinasaktan mo ng gusto. Okay? And if you do it out of anger, it becomes wrong. So I said, what do you do? Well, if he does something, he doesn't obey me immediately. I said, warning. First warning, second warning, third warning. Okay, then he will always maximize third warning. Because that's how you do it. I said, the more you do it, you don't give the boundary, the pain and the boundary. Because God puts boundaries in us out of his love for us. For example, why did God institute that a man will have a wife? And in the New Testament especially, even an elder should be a one-woman man. Why is it so important that God wants uh, fidelity in marriage? It is to protect us from many things. And we know sexually transmitted disease is nothing new, but that is one of the consequences of it. But not only that, the emotional breakdown that somebody has for life. Always lingering in your mind that experience, even if you already have a wife or a husband. Scripture gives us boundary, God gives us boundaries. And if we go out those boundaries, there are consequences to those boundaries. We are reminded The same way fathers must make children understand this while they are young. Yet, we leave out the anger. And that is the challenge of being human and being a father. When we get disappointed, and sometimes it is best that we breathe, cool down, and not say a word first. Chill. And when your mind is clear, you have prayed. 
You have calmed yourself. Then you speak. Let's speak, just the two of us. So why did you do it? Of course, they cannot explain it, but you want them to painfully explain it. And then you remind them. And then you create your own earthly consequence. Why? To so that we represent, we show a semblance of, of scripture. The rod is necessary. If you read about those who do not believe in the rod, they grow up, uh, the next generation is really more difficult and undisciplined. I mean, there was a time in America that became so popular. Bawal ang palo. I think there was even somebody who, who, who passed a bill. I'm happy it did not push through. Because if there is child abuse, there's already enough law to report that. But spanking because of wrong, when they are kids, must be allowed and the parents must be given that. However, let me just share again, fathers. After we spank, please, number one, not out of anger. Because God disciplines those he loves. Then after we spank, we have to use our words, our eyes, our heart, our hands, and say, I did it because I love you. You can speak gently with them after. You can speak firmly, but then you have to speak gently. And then if they are young and growing, you hug them hard. Express, I did it because I love you, son. But that is if you can control your anger. That's why the fruit of the Spirit, it is important we encourage you to really delve into Scripture and to prayer. Why? That is where God can transform us as we continuously surrender our spirits, our hearts to his word, as we know our weaknesses and we beat our hearts and ask for his grace. That is when God transforms us. But whenever we say, I'm okay, I can do it, I'm mature, I know what I'm doing, then you do not know anything. You don't understand grace. God lifts the humble, the one who humbles down before him. So I say to the Lord, I am lost, Lord. I have read your word, but each child is different. Each mind, each emotion is unique and different. I have to understand each one, what they're going through. And I am limited, Lord, and I need you. Unless we come to the Lord, we can never do these things properly. Fathers, we shall pray about it. Ah, do not worry. We are wretched beings. You and me, like you. We fail and we will continue to fail. You know, the difficult thing about fatherhood or preaching on Father's Day, there's not enough good models in scripture. Let me mention. Let me mention the bad models. Samuel. Samuel's children did not follow the Lord. The people did not trust Samuel's prophet Samuel, the one who anointed David as king. Remember that. David had children, half-children, half-brothers. I mean, children from different wives. One half-brother raped a half-sister, and David did nothing to discipline. So what did the full brother of this sister who was raped by this half-brother, he killed that one. But it was not enough. His hatred was so much because the father did nothing to discipline the other one. He initiated a rebellion. And his name is Absalom. Solomon wasn't too good a father either. He did not train his son very well in the ways of wisdom. The kingdom split. Rehoboam. Ah. Not so easy to find good models. Noah. After there is no more evil in the world, after God supposedly wiped out the human race, except for Noah's family. No evil. Nobody's going to kill you behind your back. Nobody's going to sneak and steal something from you. It's just his family. So what did he do? He planted grapes so he can make wine. 
well, I'm reading between the lines. He got drunk and naked, seen by others. Not so many good, but I'm not saying it's impossible. In the New Testament, that's very hard because the fatherhood, those who married, is not seen so much. Paul, who was unmarried, gave advice on fatherhood in Ephesians chapter 6. But we have the book of wisdom. We have the whole Bible to guide us. So I'm just saying to you, fathers, that we are wretched human beings, depraved. And the more we understand that, the more we will humble ourselves before God, the more we will seek grace before God. And that is the only way. And that is the only way for change, for the fruit of the Spirit to happen in us. And somehow we may be transformed. We are bound to fail in one way or another, but by grace we hope that we would represent Christ enough to our children. That's why we praise God. I believe in grace. And children, let me just say this to you. You will not find very many good examples of fatherhood in the Bible. No, no. Not even the first family. When I say the first family, uh, the ancestors of Israel. The Abrahamic covenant. Well, there's nothing wrong said about Abraham, except he was a husband willing to risk his wife. But Isaac wasn't, has not united his family quite well. And Jacob as well. Playing favoritism. So what happened? The others hated the favorite. That's what you do if you play favorite. The others will hate the favorite. So I say to my children, I have favoritism. You are all my favorite. And I watch my mind and my heart carefully and my actions carefully. Sometimes we want to reciprocate those who contribute to us the most. We tend to shower them the most. But that is not the way of God. It is loving them with agape love, a God that does not seek anything in return. We just give what the Lord gives us. Number two, wisdom expects children to listen to their fathers. Now I come to you, children. Listen to their, your father and do not despise your mother when they are old. Now, scripture implied that fathers should instruct their children in the ways of wisdom and righteousness. Let's read verse 22. Um, Listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she is old. This happens in a lot of cases that uh, I've here heard of stories, but mostly in the West, that for years they never visited their mothers or father. And that is not right. After they have raised you and helped you, we have to remember them. But listen. It is implied that the Father will speak wisdom. And if they do, listen. Fathers, please speak up. Do not be like Isaac, who doesn't speak up very much. Speak up. Share wisdom. Find a moment to have coffee with them. And talk about life. And share what you've learned. Or share what you've learned from others. Share your regrets. Let them learn from our failure. And that is contributing to them as well. But children, open your ears. Don't be the foolish teenager who thinks he knows it all. You'll realize how stupid that thinking is. No, you don't know it all. You feel like you know it all. You feel like nobody understands you. But that is foolishness that is in the heart of a child. That's why Proverbs says, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline will remove it. And whenever one of my children act like that, I said, okay, what do you know? Tell me, tell me. What is your experience? For knowledge is different than wisdom. Wisdom has experience, knowledge has not. And knowledge brought to life, lived, gives wisdom. That is why youth may have knowledge through the internet. Amazing, right? They can have knowledge, but not necessarily wisdom. So young people, you may have a little knowledge and a little wisdom, but let me tell you this about life and suffering and struggle and pain. You know nothing. 
the struggles of uh, teenagers' emotions. We've been teenagers once. We've been depressed once as well. You think we didn't? We just had different toys. Before, when we are in an argument, it's just different in every generation. In my generation, when there's an argument between two teenagers, we fought with our fists, and then we shake hands. We're done, we're okay. And then we go home with black eyes, sometimes with a missing tooth. And your parents would say, what happened? As I had a fight. It's funny, really. Sometimes, please be patient with your parents because sometimes we are very funny and sometimes very inconsistent. I remember my father telling me when I was very small, if ever somebody comes to you like a bully, unahan mo na, So that's exactly what I did. Ipat mo sinuntok. And then, so confusion, confusion there is. So what do I tell my children? Stay away from fights as much as you can, but if somebody insists, let's invite them to the gym with a referee. Let's have a real one-to-one fight. Let's go 12 rounds, three minutes per round. Let's do it that way. With a referee, with gloves on, with a headgear on, let it out. But no, these days it's different. You know what they do these days? I just don't want to talk to you. you know, not confronting, hey, I don't like what you did last time. Let's talk about it. There's no like that. It's like, ah, so what will happen? A generation that do not know, does not know how to confront their problems. They will be escapists. They will look for an escape, an entertainment maybe somewhere, but never to engage the problem. Listen to your father, and even though their time was different, listen to the wisdom of their experience, even though it wasn't a time of gadgets. Listen, and listen well. Now, verse 24 says, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who sires a wise son will be glad in him. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who sires a wise son will be glad in him. Now he wants his children to be wise and righteous. How does that work? The righteousness we found in the New Testament is the righteousness of Christ. Our children must understand that. And the wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. And that's something we must share to our children, the fear of the Lord. Let go of human wisdom. You know what human wisdom says? Kailangan maranasan ng anak ko lahat ng naranasan ko. That is so foolish and so demonic. Don't say I didn't warn you. Foolish and demonic. That is earthly wisdom. Now, let me share to you true rejoicing. The father will rejoice because he raised a righteous child. And that child has no righteousness in him, only the righteousness of Christ. Can he receive? He must understand the grace, the wretchedness of the human soul, the depravity. That will bring us gladness. His heart will be glad if he has a wise son. A wise son. Oh, we can talk about wisdom all day long. Like, the one who is wise is careful with his words. That's one. The one who is wise is not hasty in the things he does. He's careful and calculating. There's many, but the beginning is the fear of God. But one can presume the opposite. The father of the unrighteous and the unwise will grieve. You will grieve in your heart. What did I raise? What is this legacy of mine? But the time to mold them is over. So I encourage you, fathers, Children, listen, listen, for the time of understanding may pass. I see it like a clay. Sometimes when we are too young or when our children are too young, we keep molding them. But after we mold them, they are soft clay and they are disformed immediately. But we have to keep molding them again into the character of Christ. And then because they are so soft, they melt. But then we keep doing it until they come to the right point where they are moldable. But if you miss that point, if you miss listening to their thoughts, you can never mold. You have to listen to their thoughts. 
You have to allow them to speak. Then you have to engage in dialogue. And But once you missed all that, the clay hardens. And it is hard to form anything without hurting something, without breaking something. So I encourage you, listen, sons and daughters, fathers, please, it is implied that you will share wisdom, the wisdom of scripture, and yes, a little of your experience, especially your regrets, so that they will have lesser regrets in life. Or, if possible, no regrets in life. Number three, wisdom is setting one's heart in God's way. One thing that is clear in the way of righteousness is the type of association. Fathers must advise their children to avoid groups, grouping with the wrong people. Let us read Proverbs 23, 19 to 21. 19 to 21. Listen, my son, and be wise, and direct your heart in the way. What way? Scripture only talks about God's way. Do not be with heavy drinkers of wine or with gluttonous eaters of meat. For the heavy drinker and the glutton will come to poverty and drowsiness will clothe one with rags. Now, remember, Proverbs is not law. Let me give you some biblical guidance in interpreting scripture. Proverbs, poetry, Job, Proverbs, Psalms, uh, Ecclesiastes, it's not law, it is not epistle. Okay, when it is epistle, it is heavier. That's exactly it. But when studying Proverbs, these are, these are wise sayings. These are generalizations that would most likely happen, but there are exceptions. Okay, again, there are exceptions. But generally true, but in some cases, untrue. So, yeah, why is it important? Why is wisdom concerned about who our friends are? Because we influence one another. And one advice a father can give their children is choose your friends wisely. There's a saying, who you are, uh, well, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. Just look at your friends, the kind of character and thinking and speaking they have, that's actually you. But if you choose your friends carefully, then you will be influenced and you will be influencing them, hopefully in a wise way. Of course, there's also a proverb that feathers, uh, birds of a feather flock together. Birds of a feather, they flock together. So show me your friends, I'll show you who you are. If your friends believe in God, if your friends fear God, there's a higher chance that you fear God. But if you're comfortable with other friends who do not fear God and do the foolish things of life, then that is also you. That is actually more you. You know, I have, when, when, when we come to scripture, there comes a point where you are no longer comfortable with friends who are what? who do not know scripture. I'm not saying you don't share the gospel to them. No, you still have to get connected to preach the gospel to non-believers. However, you're no longer comfortable. You're no longer comfortable because you do not want to be influenced, but first you will try to influence. Remember, Jesus was with the drunkards and prostitutes, but he did not indulge in their sin. He was there to influence them. He was not there to be part of what is evil. Choose your friends carefully. So wisdom tells us, avoid the heavy drinkers of wine. Well, it's not just literally wine. Wine was in their location. In other places, it's whiskey or vodka. Uh, or different types. Avoid the heavy drinkers and those glutton, gluttonous eaters of meat. Why, what will happen? Generally speaking, the general direction of these people is ruin, okay? The word poverty there is not necessarily just poverty as a lack of money. It actually means ruin. It comes to ruin. If not now, later if they persist. 
if not now, later. But you see, it's not just about meat and wine. It's about anything that you can be addicted to. Many have asked me, pwede bang ganito, pastor? Pwede bang ganyan? Pati sabong, nag-usap na kami ng sabong. My answer is Christian liberty. If the Bible did not clearly say it's sin, then it is not sin. However, the Bible did say all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. And Paul said, and I shall not be mastered by anything. I will not be addicted to anything. You should not be mastered by anything. Nobody should rule upon your mind and your emotion. What rules your mind and emotions? Those that you are addicted to. And that includes addicted to online games. Yeah, if that controls you. Hindi ka na makatulong sa bayan. Ang bait mo, no? Happy Mother's Day, Mommy. Happy Father's Day. Hindi ka naman mautusan. Ano? Galit ka pa. That's so inconsistent. I like Father's Day. You like Father's Day? It gives me a chance to eat. Because I'm on a diet all year long. Father's Day, I will eat. You gonna, you gonna eat later? Oh, enjoy. Enjoy once in a while. I will indulge in meat and wine. But that is the rare occasions. Those are the rare occasions, not the regular times. Now, wrong association will lead to wrong living. The heavy drinker and the glutton will become poor or ruined. They represent morally wrong people, lovers of pleasure. If you look at people who truly succeed in life, including the Christian life, those who can put pleasure later. I can put my enjoyment like watching a series in Netflix. Oh, I like watching really good, I love art. I love art in its written form, books. I like art in its visual form. I like art. And, uh, but I indulge in those after I have been productive, after I have paid the price, after I have contributed to my church and my family, to after sharpening my skills, then I can reward myself with some enjoyment. But that does not govern me. I am not mastered by it. I am the master by the grace of God with every earthly thing. By the grace of God, we must rule our minds and emotions. But if you or your children, children are friends with people who cannot rule their own emotions, who are more comfortable asking for a, a solution to a problem with non-believers who don't know the word of God, you know what I'm thinking? Maybe they're not truly believers yet. Your children. Because a true believer will hunger for the word. And when he has an issue or a problem, he wants to know what the word says. And who does he talk to? People who know the word. But if they're more comfortable with the, with the perceptions of non-believers that can be destructive in their advice, if they're more comfortable with that, it's just a hypothesis. I'm not saying they're not believers. It's possible that they're not. They have not been regenerated by the Spirit of God. Because once the Spirit of God has regenerated you, you're comfortable in the things of God. You look for the things of God. You want the things of God. You do not repel the things of God. You want it. You embrace it. But the one who does not have the Spirit of God does not care about the things of God. So don't think your children are little angels. You know, babies are cute, right? And it's always fun when the church has having babies. <laughs> Just looking at their posts, oh, baby again. And I did share one time, I want more babies in this church. Uh, that would be wonderful. But remember, those little babies are cute and they look like angels. But do not forget the word, they are depraved human beings. One day they will sin. Once they have a conscience, they would know. You don't even have to teach wrong to them. They will know. Yes, there are, they look like angels, but as they grow inside, they will be little devils, depraved human beings who sin naturally, who need the grace of God to be saved, who need the forgiveness of God to be saved. So watch your associations. Application, fathers, let us discipline our children. Set the boundaries and make them explicit. What are the boundaries when they are small? What they can do, cannot do. That must be clear. Wag na lang, bigla ka na lang namalo. Oh, 
Bakit kaya? You haven't explained yet? Set the boundaries clear. And let us impart the wisdom of Scripture to our children through our lives and our words. Our lives and our words. Number two application. Children, listen to the wisdom of your fathers. Please don't think they are not wise. They have some wisdom, at least a little. I'm sure there is. Find it, look for it, dig it. And do not despise your mother. For that is what scripture says. Instead, give them joy. Give your parents joy by living in the righteousness of Christ and the wisdom of scripture. You know that honor your father and mother is the fifth commandment. And the 10 commandments are actually separated in two those that belong to God and those with human beings. One is a vertical relationship with God. It begins there, and then a horizontal relationship. Number five is honor your father and mother. What does that mean? It is a link between God and your neighbor. So in fact, Jewish people believe that what? Honor your father and mother is a direct obligation to God himself. Your parents may not be perfect, but that is fulfilling the commandment of God to honor your father and mother. And remember, you will be parents as well, and you would want your children in the future, your future children, to learn to honor you as a father or mother. Number three, avoid the lovers of pleasure. And when I say pleasure, it's not just the common sexual pleasure. Every kind of pleasure, do not be one who is controlled by these things. Avoid the lovers of pleasure, but are unrighteous and unproductive, especially heavy drinkers and the overindulgent in anything, including any who are addicted to any form of pleasure. And number four, fathers and children must have faith in the gospel. It's all about the gospel. That is the center of the whole scripture. The gospel is a central message of God's word. Faith in the gospel should lead to wise living according to to his word. And as I end, allow me to share some writing I've made earlier. O Father of our Lord, Father to those who believe, you who exist forevermore, for your glory our lives we live. We seek your guidance to be godly fathers that show your resemblance to our sons and daughters. By grace we shall prevail to fulfill the role of Father, otherwise we will fail. O Father, hear our prayer. Let us all rise and let us pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Father heart. We come as imperfect fathers sometimes not knowing how to act, how to speak. And that is the first step. We acknowledge our weakness. We acknowledge our imperfection. We acknowledge our sin, our neglect, our foolishness, our lack of knowledge, our lack of wisdom. We come because we do not seek the wisdom of the world. We come to seek your wisdom, Lord. Thank you for the scriptures that has enlightened us that we should not withhold discipline to our children, but our discipline must come from our love for them. That the anger is unnecessary, so teach us to tame our anger and teach us to speak firmly, but without the anger. For we can speak firmly, and then afterwards we can speak gently. Gently, for that is the language our children will understand, a language of love. And the language of discipline must be coupled with a language of love. Guide us and lead us to show who you are to our children. In our limited capacity, may we reflect your glory. May we reflect your Father heart, O God. In our limited capacity, somehow we pray they will get a glimpse of it and they will trust you. And they will believe in you and they will follow you. They will fear you and love you. For those of us, of us who are children, teach us to listen to wisdom. For wisdom is open to all who call to it. Teach our children to call to you, O oh Lord. To call to wisdom. To say, I want to grow in wisdom. 
I do not want to be controlled by my own emotions. I do not want to be influenced by my peers. I do not give in to peer pressure and pleasure, but rather I only submit myself to the will of God, to the word of God. Teach us fathers and our children to associate with the right people, bond us more with the right people. May we find comfort and peace with those who speak your word rather than those who will advise us what is not in your word. Associate us, Lord, to link us to people who fear you and love you, who honor your word with all their lives, and would rather suffer but obey you, rather than disobey you and find pleasure on this earth. This Father's Day, Lord, we honor you, our great Father, God our Father, and the Holy Spirit has come upon us and gave us that thing personal, a heart for you, where we can pray and call you Abba, Daddy, Papa. An intimate call for you want us to be with you. You desired a people from long ago and you desired a people who fear you and who love you and honor you. So Lord, we want to be that people. We want to be part of that people. Be glorified in our lives. Be glorified in our church community. Be glorified in your church universal, Lord. We thank you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of his Spirit be with you all. May peace loving kindness, compassion, follow you all the days of your life. Amen. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.